What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Wake Before the Day podcast. This is Clark. And Bobby Jean. So glad you're here. Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome to your Friday. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. Clark and I are with you in 1 Samuel again, this Mm -hmm. time in chapters 13 through 14. We're going to talk about Saul. We're going to talk about Saul and Jonathan, a little bit of Samuel, and just kind of what stuck out for us today. So in order for us to understand the perspective of 1 Samuel 13 and 14, especially for the people who are living in that situation, I want to backtrack to 1 Samuel 11. Something significant happened where Saul defeated this group of people called the Ammonites. When you look at the Hebrew, they're also called the Nahash, and that um, is a, a Hebrew word for serpent or for snake. So what would be happening as that story is being told and retold around the surrounding area is people would be wondering, mm-hmm. this is the first king of Israel. Is this the king and the savior mm-hmm. that was prophesied about all the way back in Genesis 3 where the head of the serpent was going to be crushed? Because the Ammonites were right. big time opponents and enemies of Israel. So they're wondering, is Saul the new king? Is he the new Adam? Well, when you read today for Samuel 13, you find out he is definitely not. So I'll kick it back to you, Bobby. You want to check out verses like 8 through 11. You see kind of what happens. Yeah, let's figure out why, what happens. So this is starting in verse 8, chapter 13. He waited seven days. This is Saul. Saul waited seven days, the time set by Samuel. But Samuel did not come to Gilgal, and Saul's men began to scatter. So he said... Bring me the burnt offering and the fellowship offerings. And Saul offered up the burnt offering. Just as he finished making the offering, Samuel arrived, and Saul went out to greet him. What have you done? Samuel asked. Saul replied, When I saw that the men were scattering, and that you did not come at the set time, and that the Philistines Mm. were assembling at Machish, I thought, and then it goes on. Now the Philistines will come down to get me at Gilgal. This is verse 12. And I have not sought the Lord's favor. So I felt complied to offering to offer the burnt offering. So basically he, he disobeyed um, Samuel's instructions. Mm-hmm. And Samuel was supposed to come and help him present this offering before the Lord. Now let's be honest. There's probably a, a little part of us that feels sad. You got to feel for this guy. Yeah, yeah, you're like, time out. The prophet, the judge told you the time mm-hmm. that you're mm-hmm. going to do this, and he was late. People are leaving. People are running. Yeah, yeah you're afraid you're going to die. Um, so I guess what resonates with me as I, I wrestle with this passage is that at the end of the day, Saul's focus was still not on God. Yeah. But it was on the people around him. Mm-hmm. It was on his circumstances. It was on himself. Right. And, and there's, a, there's different um, consequences, like the, the degree of the consequences, depending on who it is making the mistake or sinning. Like, for instance, you look at a, a company, a janitor steals some money from a company. It doesn't make him better or worse than anybody else. There's going to be a punishment. When the president of the company is stealing money, the, the ramifications and the consequences of that are going to be far-reaching to their business partners, to other employees, to the reputation of the mm. company. And so same thing like at a church, if if you have maybe a volunteer falls into sin, that's unfortunate and it's not okay, you deal with it. If a lead pastor falls into a serious sin, the ramifications are going to be a lot bigger. And so mm. here you have the king of Israel who's, who's falling into sin and right. focusing on himself and the circumstances and the other people around him and not on God. And so the Hebrew there, when it's talking about how Saul was foolish, that word 
you unpack it, it's talking about living as if God did not exist. Hmm. And that's a that's a big deal if you're the leader of a, a nation and you're appointed by God. So mm-hmm, that, mm-hmm. that's where, you know, you feel for this guy, but you're trying to wonder and make sense of it going, why was the punishment so harsh? That's why. Mm-hmm. So I think as you keep reading, because today's 1 Samuel 13 and 14, yeah. four, chapter 14 helps you understand a little bit more of, of Saul's heart and why he really was so selfish and just worrying about more of himself. What do you mean? Well, because what happens in chapter 14 now is is he gives this decree about how you're not supposed to attack anybody and everyone's going to be fasting for a certain amount of time. And then his son Jonathan is like looking at the Philistines going, these mm-hmm. uncircumcised fools are coming at us. Let's take it to them. And he eats some honey. And right. again, you're like, wait, what? what is the big deal about this honey? Mm-hmm. So if you look at a couple of the verses of Jonathan's actions and his perspective, and mm-hmm. you compare and contrast them with Saul's, you see light and dark, A and Z. Um, and so, Bobby, would you read 14, chapter 14, verse 6 for yeah. us? Sure. And you get a, a glimpse as to what Jonathan is, is doing. Jonathan said to his young armor bearer, Come, let's go over to the outpost of those uncircumcised fellows. Perhaps the Lord will act on our behalf. Nothing can hinder the Lord from saving, whether by many or by few. So if you just... Read that right there, and you can unpack other verses around it. What do you take away from Jonathan's perspective? Yeah, so Jonathan is like, these people are against Yahweh. Like, these people are uncircumcised. That's kind of like the Uh indicator there. Like, it's not really, you know, about the Israelite nation. It's not really about me. This is about God in heaven. And, um, you know, if they're against him, then Mm -hmm. this this is not good. (laughs) And so it's not about him. Yeah, that's exactly. And if you jump ahead to like verse 24, chapter 14, verse 24, you get a perspective comparing contrasting Saul's perspective. Now the men of Israel were in distress that day because Saul had bound the people under an oath saying, cursed be any man who eats food before evening comes before I have avenged myself on my enemies. So none of the troops tasted food. So again, you hit pause and you go, okay, Jonathan's looking at the Philistines going, they're uncircumcised. They're not opposing me. They're opposing the Lord. Right. We have to go against them in the name of the Lord. And then what's Saul saying? Right. And Saul's saying like, no, I need to avenge myself. Like yeah. I need to save my own skin. These are my enemies. Like, no, it doesn't really have anything to do with who God is. You know, if they, if they happen to be going against God, like, okay, you know, that's just a bonus. But really it's just about me, my name, my reputation, um, my enemies. Exactly. So I think you, if you go backtrack a little bit through that, that chapter, you notice in verse thirteen, in chapter 13 when, it, when Samuel's like, Saul, what are you doing? Like, why did you not wait for me? Why did you take matters into your own hands? It says Saul's eyes were basically on the people. He says the people were scattering before me. Right. So his eyes were not on God. Mm-hmm. They were on his circumstances, and he was worried about them. And he was worried about his own skin. And Jonathan on the flip side is saying, nope, we're going in the name of the Lord that they're opposing God and just that little difference of perspective and really condition of their heart made the world a difference. Hmm. So I guess a takeaway for us is are we like Saul or Jonathan in this circumstance here? And like, are we focused on me, myself and I and my circumstances or am I able to see God and what God is doing and how this represents God and the Lord's church and Mm -hmm. those kind of things, Mm -hmm. which lens are we looking through? Yeah, and I think it's important to note that like just because Jonathan's view is on Yahweh and not 
on his circumstance, that doesn't mean he's not aware of what's going on. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes it's we kind of have a black and white mentality that's like, oh, you know, God's good. Like, so, you know, whatever's going on, it's not a big deal. And we kind of minimize our circumstance. We kind of minimize what's going on when the reality is Jonathan's like, oh, what are these guys doing? Like unto the Lord, he sees what's right in front of him, but Mm -hmm. he realizes the whole picture. And the whole picture is actually a picture that's much bigger than just him and his relationships. And so I feel like an encouragement for me in this passage too is as we look at things, uh, like Clark's saying with this lens, you know, are we focusing on the people or are we focusing on the Lord? You know, where is our lens at? It doesn't mean that we need to just have tunnel vision and on one thing and don't look at anything else. Like, For no, sure. we can, uh, there's lots of vantage points playing into this, but how are we prioritizing them? So for instance, we can hold in two hands a really difficult circumstance and God's sovereignty. We can hold that because of the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's make sure to prioritize the view of God as number one. Mm -hmm. Let's make sure to prioritize who God is as number one. And we can hold our circumstance as number two. But if those flip around, then that's, you know, we see that in Abraham. We see that in like so many other people in the Bible too, where like Clark's saying, you see the humanity and the need for a savior who Saul certainly isn't. And so um, I think that's my encouragement today is we're not minimizing uh, your circumstance, my circumstance, what's going on here with Saul and Jonathan, but we're saying that God's still over and above Mm -hmm. it all. I think what comes to my mind is something you said, Bobby, maybe three podcasts ago when the disciples were walking around and they stopped, they paused, and they looked. I think it was Mm. when maybe Peter healed the lame man. And I guess when it comes to whatever it is that you're going through in life right now, just taking a moment to stop pause and pray and say, God, help me see this situation yeah, like you see it. Where is your spirit working? Mm-hmm. Where mm-hmm. are you inviting me to step in? What are you inviting me to say? Or are you inviting me to be quiet? Mm-hmm. And that pausing like you brought up I mean, a week or two ago also might be helpful here when, when that little Saul in us creeps up and, and that fear of, oh no, what's going to happen to me? What about my reputation? How's this going to affect whatever it is and right because we like Saul then we feel the need to take matters into our own hands exactly like oh he's not coming I'm gonna do the burnt offering it's gonna it's gonna be good and it's fine and I had to do it and we're done <laughs> and it's like wait what yeah exactly so maybe just take a moment to pause and just say God would you help me see the people and the situations in my life right now and speak or be silent and live you know as you'd have me live Lord so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. first Samuel 13 and 14. Um, as we wrap up, yeah. we also do want to encourage you in a few weeks, we're going to be starting the book study and we want to encourage you to buy your book. And that is going to be how not to read the Bible by Dan Kimball. And so we got our books off Amazon and just a heads up. There's another book I noticed on Amazon called how, how not to read the Bible, but it's not by Dan Kimball. Dan Kimball's <laughs> book is really fun and creative. It looks like a comic book. It's, it's got, got pictures. unicorns and dinosaurs and Jesus and it's a really fun, creative color uh, cover. So buy that book. Even start reading it, okay? Do your Bible reading first. Hit that second. And we're going to start that in the beginning of May. Yeah, it's it, it's going to be super helpful. Especially, I know that there's questions popping up right now as we're walking through First, Second Samuel. Mm-hmm. And so uh, hold on to those. And uh, we, we'll address them like we have sometimes throughout the reading, but then definitely in May when we read this book. So thanks you guys for listening. Uh, God bless you this Friday and into your weekend. Please remember, come to worship, bring your family, tune into erc.la. We would love to uh, have you guys there in our community. God bless you guys. 
The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his countenance toward you and give you his peace. Have a great day.